one and only one, you know, the wonderful Linda Vaughn. So it is almost five o'clock. It's a happy hour. So I think John and Paul, you guys take on. Well, go ahead, you. Paul, you start. All right, thank you, John. First off, uh, hello, Linda, welcome. Uh, thank you, Paul. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Cheers. Yes, I, I, I wish I had one too. You're ahead of me. Cheers. Yes, cheers. I'll just hold up my cell phone. <laughs> but uh, Linda, it's such a pleasure to be with you here to close out this first, uh, you know, inspiring day. And and uh, you are iconic and and really the first lady of motorsports. And uh, you, uh, uh, thank you for all the kindness you showed me at, uh, uh, as a young person when I uh, shyly introduced myself to you. Uh, I couldn't believe I could. I was actually talking to you. Uh, <laughs> well, I've always tried to be nice and kind to everyone because my mother says, "Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you." Well, it shows in 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 the in your actions throughout the uh, the time you've been involved in motorsports, but more importantly, uh, you're just a wonderful ambassador for our sport. Uh, and and uh, I, I think you consistently share your love and passion for the sport and the people in it. And I think that's why it's great to spend this evening with you, uh, kind of closing out a day. And, and I also think it's uh, fantastic. Uh, I tell people that I live near Linda Vaughn. That is the <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> that's the Everybody ultimate. thinks I still live in the South. I do. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I, I think that uh, John has some great stories to start us off with, John. I'm dying to hear what they are. You've been teasing me today. Uh, and I just want to get started with you. And John, do you want to just set this up? Okay, I, I just have uh, two stories, one after another. I know we want to talk to Linda and not John. So Linda, just let me tell these stories. I'll make it quick. <laughs> I, um, I, when I first started in the industry, I, I had watched racing on television uh, Red Hot Rod magazine, uh, but you know I, I, I didn't know as much about the racing culture and, and racing as, as much as I should have. In my first year, I really dedicated myself to learning about the racing industry. And I didn't know as much about Linda Vaughn as uh, people do inside racing. And so I went to uh, Daytona Speed Week, and uh, the first race I went to was a Twin 125s. The cars were all parked. The drivers were standing by their cars, and nothing was happening. And I'm wondering, why are we paused here? The grandstands are full. Why don't we get going here? And then the announcer said, ladies and gentlemen, the first lady of motorsports, Linda Vaughn, is making her way out of the grandstands and she'll come across the track. <clears throat> Excuse me, I wish all the drivers good luck. So we all stopped. You walked, they opened a door from the grandstands and the fence, they put steps over so you could walk down the steps, you cross the track, spent a few minutes with every driver on the grid. And when that was done, they said, okay, now we're going to go racing. And the car started rolling. And I, I thought, who is Linda Vaughn? And that's like the Queen of England uh, stepping out here. And so that was the first impression that I had of Linda Vaughn personally. And it was a big one. I never forgot it. Now, so I was really checking out all the her shifters and making sure they're going to be safe. And that's a sponsor too, so. <laughs> now, the second story, story number two. So uh, the next time I went to uh, Pomona for the drag races, so that was probably the finals. 
And, uh, you know, I saw Linda Vaughn. I knew the Linda Vaughn story by then. And, and people, all oh, the crowd around Linda, and people just want to talk to her and meet her and just say hello. And I went over to uh, the grandstands that are closest to the street. And you have to have a media pass or a sponsor. You're kind of in the business. And it's quieter over there. So I just went over there to rest and maybe try and take some photos of the cars. And then you ended up behind the grandstands over there where it was very quiet. You were talking to uh, two people and just kind of all by yourself and these two people. And then I saw a mom come up with a son and the son was maybe 12 years old and he was in a wheelchair. And the two people finished talking with you. They walked away and the mother with trepidation, she moved slowly towards the famous Linda Vaughn with her son in a wheelchair and just walked up there like, not knowing what's going to happen and can I just approach Linda Vaughn? And Linda, I looked over, you didn't see me at all. I was way up in the grandstands. You were down below in the shadows. Nobody's there, nobody's watching you. This is Linda Vaughn all by herself. You treated the son like he was the Prince of England. You lavished attention on him. You just made him feel like he was the most important person at the racetrack that day. It was unbelievable. So that's one of my Linda Vaughn stories. I told my wife that story the other day, who Linda Vaughn is, and she choked up with tears. Oh, I got tears now, <laughs> thank you. Well, we thank you because you brought glamor here to racing and none of us think we're glamorous, but when you walk around, it's like, oh, maybe I'm glamorous too. But you have a generosity of spirit for all these years that was unfailing. And every time I, I've, I've met you and run into you, it's just the generosity of spirit is always there. And I want to say uh, thank you for that. Um, thank you for being Linda Vaughn. And, um, you know, uh, there's no one like you. And, and so for, for all of us watching, uh, just a big thank you. And then this generosity of spirit and this way you have of treating people. You mentioned your mother. And I've heard you mention your mother before. And the South is full of people who are just such wonderful people. Could you talk about that? Like before there was Linda Vaughn, there was Linda Vaughn in Georgia with her mother and sister. How did everything happen? Well, I grew up in the Dalton, Georgia. You know, Dalton, Georgia is a pretty famous little country town, home of Deborah Norvell and Marla Maples and Linda Vaughn, <laughs> the JCs <laughs> on the sign. But uh, my mom and I, dad left us when we were very young and she raised me and I, um, I told her, I said, you take care of me while I'm little and when I get bigger, I'll take care of you. So and we grew up pretty poor and we appreciated things and I'd want to do little beauty contests and mother would make me my outfits or my costumes and I'd sing and dance and I'd make me some homemade tap shoes <laughs> because I couldn't afford those black patent leather tap shoes. So I went down with this black friend of mine down at the uh, a shoe shop who, who took care of all my daddy's shoes and my brother's shoes and everybody's shoes made me some tap shoes and I entered that contest and I won. <laughs> so there was the start of a career which I started quite a young age dancing and singing and tapping and I just loved being with my mother. She taught me so well. She always taught me wonderful things. We were very religious and uh, as, uh, as I grew older I became a you know, into the, the scene and I entered some contests and I, I thought, mother, I'm gonna enter Miss Atlanta Raceway. And she says, well, I'll go with you. She says, cause you're not really quite old enough. And so she went with me and 
And I won Miss Atlanta Raceway. That got me started. And I met the Pure Oil people with Pure Firebird Racing Gasoline. I entered their contest and won it. And I got to go to Charlotte, North Carolina and Daytona and ride in the parade. So she says, we got to make you some costumes. You just can't just sit on the car and not have a pretty costume. So we'd get down all the magazines and come up with some costumes. And she made me a wonderful Miss Firebird costume. I went to the Daytona 500, red feathers and all, Miss Firebird, pure Firebird, gasoline. And uh, she was always with me. Made friends with the wives and the drivers. And um, I uh, met George Hurst. And when I met George Hurst, he told us about his contest. And the pure gasoline was getting ready to <coughs> So I entered the contest of Miss Hearst Golden Shifter. And by then I was working for a dentist in Dalton, Georgia, Dr. Felkers, the famous Amos Felker and his son. And uh, I worked my way through school. I got my degree and I was real proud of that. And then George's ad in Hot Rod Magazine said, we are looking for a new Miss Hearst Golden Shifter. She must have a good personality like racing and uh, have sound teeth. <laughs> I go for a race queen or a race horse. <laughs> took my mother with me, you guys. 200 girls, four, com four, four different uh, places where we went. And um, I, I won Charlotte and I won Atlanta. Then we went to uh, Pennsylvania. I won in Pennsylvania and then we went to Hollywood. And then the big finale was in Hollywood and I won Miss Hurst Golden Shifter and a, and a Pontiac convertible. GTO. I thought I was hot stuff. When I came home, I had a fast car with a Hearst shifter in it, and mother made me all my costumes for many years for George Hearst. So we started um, working so hard that I was traveling, and I got too busy, so I had to quit my dental job, but he said he'd hire me back anytime I wanted to come back, but I really enjoyed making people smile, and, and it became a part of my life, but I also took a degree in marketing and learned how to sell Hearst shifters, so race on Sunday, sell on Monday. So that was my life and has been for 50 years. <laughs> of course, I started with this too. <laughs> Does that well, wrap it up for you? <laughs> oh, I, I, I have to step in here because I, one of the things I, I've been impressed with when I've been around you is you know your stuff, Linda, you really well, do. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, <clears throat> obviously you're beautiful, person inside and out, but I, I, I was just impressed by who you know and what you know about this business. Um, and uh, thanks to a mutual friend of uh, ours, I have your book. Uh, oh, wonderful. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sure you, Judy got you that book. I, you sure did. And I was like, uh, I was so overjoyed. I'm so, I'm so proud of Judy and Francis and Gilroy and all you guys that made this happen. This, this is perfect timing for yeah, right now, and I'm proud to be here. I agree, and 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 I think that one of the things that you did is is you created almost the art form of personality marketing, and and uh, you represented the entire sport, um, and you you know you effectively you took it over. I don't think it was a hostile takeover. <laughs> I thought it was the most friendly takeover I'd ever seen. <laughs> thank you, but, thank you. Yeah, I did uh, it all because you know I covered motorsports from. Started in February with the uh, NAS with the NHRA, and of course down to Daytona, and then back yeah. to another drag race, and then an off-road race, and then a car show, and it just snowballed and snowballed. And of course, all the trade shows, 
And I took all the trade shows going to the warehouse distributor shows, very, very deeply and important in our industry is to know your product, race it, test it, be a part of the overall you know, marketing of it. So that was my dream come true. And, and I love, so I still do it, still do it from time to time. Yes, and, and I, I think the thing that you do though is you uh, you remember what the business is about. You remember what the people are about. And and when I, I have a, I have a couple of questions I wanted to ask you that I've always wanted to ask you. Um, uh, when you started this uh, and this journey, uh, you know, when was the moment you realized that there was another gear in what you were doing? Like you, you're beautiful, and people you know want to be seen with you and. And, and, you know, you, you represent the glamour of the sport, but all of a sudden this became a business where you were helping people make their businesses work and you had to understand that dynamic. When did that dawn on you? Was it early? After the first year of 134 events about killing myself, getting out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, the bad weather, the good weather, the hot, the high heel shoes, the blisters, the dirty arms around you but if they won I'd go ahead and kiss them because it's a part of the sport and the industry really and truly it dawned on me at the end of that first year they need to renew my contract because uh -huh. look at the business plan for three years it takes really about three years to get it going and get it your marketing and line up all your companies and, and your, your attack into the public world and then you fulfill it that third year. So at the end of the third year, he, he made me a corporate employee and I got a turkey every Christmas. <laughs> he said, you want a ham or a turkey? I said, I want a turkey. <laughs> oh my God. Really, truly, I just turned it into a business and I got so busy, I hired the girls and named them by her stats because I couldn't do all the shows. So I would send them out to different warehouse shows and then we'd all meet up at the Daytona 500, the Indy 500, the NHRA Nationals. So we snowballed it into a real popular, all my little young ladies that worked for me are all beautiful. And then we turned it into a happening. <laughs> it was a part yeah, of it. Yeah, like you, the you national the, anthem. <laughs> you were the mod squad in my book. You know, I think all of them, <laughs> Yeah, we were way about you. You were confident, you were, you know, were professional and pleasant, but at the same time, when you guys, the guys, sorry, you ladies showed up, you, you, you owned wherever you walked into. It was pretty impressive. Uh, Thank you. Uh, it still is, I, I think. Uh, Thank uh, you very much. Well, you know, I had young ladies like Miss uh, Nikki Phillips. She is a doctorate now. She, she got her PhD. She's brilliant. And on the way to a race, she'd have to stop and collect these plants because she'd study them. But then she'd go over and I said, put your plants away. We're going to work now. And she'd walk in and smile. Hey, how y'all doing? What kind of car you got? So it's a snowball. And then little June Cochran, she was the playmate of the year, the top 10 of the decade. But she was also well-educated because I made sure she talked about the parts. Marcia Bennett, I had some beautiful girls in Shelly, we used to call her legs because she was the big tall one with legs up to here. <laughs> and and she would do some of the uh, East Coast shows for me. And we just started just covering the whole territory in marketing. Only question that George Hurst had one time, he goes, why is your hosiery bill so expensive? And I said, because that girls wear pretty suntan stockings when we wear those cute little short outfits and nobody's going to have a run in those stockings. So please sign off. And this is what I need for the year. And he goes, that's the most expensive hosiery bill I've ever seen. 
That's the only thing he ever complained about. I have to ask you one specific question about your wardrobe. I, whenever I see a pair of, I think, white boots, <laughs> I think of you. I cannot you. look at a pair of white boots without thinking of you. How many pairs of white boots have you owned? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I still <don't. laughs> uh, But I'd buy them for all the girls. And yeah. Shelly had the biggest foot. Have you ever tried to find a pair of size 12 for a lady? Wow. We like to never found her shoes, but we found them. And thank you. Thanks, God, for Hollywood, because you come out here and you can find you about anything and everything. Yeah. Especially at Fredericks of Hollywood. <laughs> I bought them all push-up bras. <laughs> Everybody loved that because the costumes look better. <laughs> but we um, we got invested with the company and he ordered, uh, I got all the boots. I got them three pair of uh, white boots each because they would break a heel or they would tear a, a boot. So I'd always have really nice boots for them. And then I had a repair guy that would, that would make sure that the girls would bring their repair boots in down in Laguna to get them fixed. It was hilarious. They'd wait for us to come in to bring our boots. You probably needed like a tire service thing where well, everybody's- Goodyear, <laughs> we, put a little Goodyear, we put a little Goodyear stickers on the back of the heels and everybody got, we had good publicity. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. And uh, I, you know, in, in uh, uh, I think the one thing I've, I've, I've wondered, you've seen the sport change, you know, you were a very yes. young person when you came in. And, and the world has changed. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what's the most dramatic change you've seen in, in your time around racing? It could be anything. It's just, what has been the biggest change? And stock car racing, indie car racing. And any type of racing because it's- it, it, Well, they've accepted the women. It used to be very tough for an NASCAR, especially to accept the women. I was one of the first women to ever have a, pit pass and because I was been Miss Firebird I had to go in and have my costume change in the pit there at the uh, girl building and, and I would always go back out after I'd make my appearance I'd go back out and I'd sit down in the time and then scoring with Linda Penny and all the ladies and I was a lady myself so now you can bring your families and I think the change has been wonderful in NASCAR they can bring their wives their girlfriends and their children with them and I think that's really opened up the whole family to enjoy the sport more. That change was wonderful because I was one of the first women to ever have a pit pass at the, at the 5500 too. Yeah. And I earned it through marketing and business and had the pace car programs there. So I helped other ladies. And then when I would appear in an Indy, Bill Simpson, God rest his soul, would make my costumes be in fireproof uniforms, which I put on all the ladies. And then the time and scoring and the wives started getting their uniforms made. So we brought safety along with it and good looking appearances for nice looking uniforms. So it snowballed from there. More women started partaking, fabricators, and of course, race drivers. Can't leave out Janet Guthrie and Lynn St. James and Shirley Muldowney and Danica. I mean, all, it just snowballed. The whole sport is... When you put your helmet on, you're a racer. Not a man or a woman, you're a racer. And I'm proud Amen. to be a part of that. Amen. I believe that uh, to my core. Uh, you know, my first ever race, uh, I got my ass handed to me by a woman. 
I'm not going to ask you what she did. <laughs> uh, she just beat me. There was no she way I was going to beat her. Was, was it in a sports car race? It was a Formula Ford race. And, well, uh, I was in the Formula Ford race. Started last and I won. Really yeah, let's see. That's what I was going to ask you about. I, you, uh, I believe you had a racing license here. And, and you went oh, to yeah. This is okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to learn how to hill and tow because I had a nice little sports car at home myself. And uh, I used to kind of keep it hid from my friends because they'd make fun of it if you had a sports car. In NASCAR, they'd kick your butt if you had a sports car. But I wanted to learn more. And then I took the Jim Russell School and then I went to the real school of driving. And I, I wanted to learn more. So when I announced pro stock at the drag races, I knew more about what I was talking about. And I'd be on the talk shows with Bob and Tom at Indy 500, hanging out with my drivers. I mean, Lil Al Unser used to tell me all kinds of things that I'd learned from him and his father and AJ and, of course, Tony Stewart. <laughs> Getting Tony Stewart to tell you things sometimes, I couldn't say what he was saying, but he, uh, he taught me a lot. And I carried with me to the track and to the radio and TV shows. So learning how to drive them just made a better driver out of me. And, uh, and I've got a question. Where did you uh, where did you take the Jim Russell School at? Which uh, I took the Jim Russell. Well, I was at Riverside. I mean, I go way back. <laughs> was yeah, same here. That's where I took Jim Russell as well. Laguna Seca. And uh, when the guys that night after the race, uh, they were very, very complimentary to me since I was the only woman in the race. And they said, it was a very nice race with me. And I said, thank y'all for letting me be one of the boys. And they went, well, no, wait a minute. No, you're not one of the boys. <laughs> you just didn't run off the track. <laughs> but I started last at Laguna Seca and finished second in one of the races. I took my mother and uh, she was out on the turn with Mario because Mario told me how to cut that apex and come out to there. Yeah, yeah, he would know that. Corkscrews. So when I was in the corkscrews, she got really scared. And after that race, we were at dinner and she goes, I'm going to ask you something that I've never asked you before, but one time I asked you not to do Playboy and you listened to me. Now I'm going to ask you not to drive a race car anymore. So I quit. I never raced again. I kept my. I think that, uh, you know, she's probably right. Um, yeah, because she said I was taking it out of my ex-husband every turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't. I was just trying to learn, you know. I was a little fast. <laughs> I, I liked the corkscrew. It scared the hell out of me, but I liked it. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you did. I, I don't think you'd go um, halfway in anything you care about or you're passionate no, about. No, if you're going to do it, go for it, you know. <laughs> Right, that's the race. Of course, I went to the Bonneville Salt Flats with the late Watson, and, and we did the uh, Osmobile test. And we were doing the test at uh, Osmobile, and I set a record for 207 miles an hour, and I thought that was tremendous going through the measured mile. So all these things, I didn't want to compete. I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to cover yeah. racing. I always wanted my own television show. Had a few, but never got the big show that we wanted. Uh, I was told I was too sexy, I was this, I was that. But what it was, I think there was a few jealous people because I knew too much <laughs> between us boys. <laughs> but to make a long story short, I did have a few shows and, and I didn't get that dream to come true, but I fulfilled a lot of my dreams and I'm still doing it and still want to compete. And, and, and that's an interesting comment, just to, you know, this thing. you're fulfilling your dreams and, and I see joy in you so many times when you're, uh, at events and and when you're interacting with this, this is your family, the racing world. Oh yeah, I've been married to racing for 50 years. 
don't know why I run. I'm married to racing, honey, because <laughs> I'm not married. I have no children. I got a dog, first dog we ever had. <laughs> and with this COVID, thank God I have him because he's been a pleasure. He's really, I've never, now I know why you guys and ladies love your dogs because I am certainly in love with a four legged dog for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Four legged dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I, Is that I, okay? <laughs> Can I be myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe so. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I think the other thing here is that, uh, um, you know, you have this deep seated passion for, for motorsports and the people in it. Um, and I asked you the question about what's changed. Um, and you, you've talked, I think, about some pretty interesting things. What hasn't changed? What's the same basic thing that inspires you when you, you're around racing? What hasn't changed? Yeah. The love for the sport hasn't changed. Uh, of course, a lot of things have changed this past year. It's been, yeah. it's been, it's, it's, I'm praying that we get through and we can redo our lives again the way we should be able to do it. And, and uh, Staying, staying low key, and I've been catching up on fan mail and writing things and thinking about another book. Uh, I've got my first book. It's uh, you've got a copy of. Oh uh, yeah, I love it. Rest before the end of the show, but I wanted to do a, a pictorial and a few stories. But I've been getting letters from people that want to know more about Tony Stewart or AJ Floyd or this driver or that driver. Or, the girls and I think I want to do book number two but I want to do it a little better than I did the first book because I didn't make any money <laughs> that's the one thing I got a lot to learn about how to handle book sales <laughs> I could just tell you publishing holds that basic secret you work well I don't say though I'll never forget Elvis Presley when that because Felton Jarvis and Elvis and I knew each other and I had the same um Fred uh, from my records did my first, I used to sing in Nashville back when I was 13 and 14. And make a long story short, a lot of people didn't know I was a singer, but I was for a while there. And really? Elvis told me when I don't get the royalties and I didn't quite understand and Felton Jarvis told me that Elvis made peanuts because yeah. publishers were making millions now I know what they mean by the royalties. <laughs> you really do have to have a, a, a little guidance there for a little more than I had. So I've learned a lot and I do want to do another book. You do. And I just want to tell you that you're the very first person I've ever met or talked to that said, told me that Elvis said this. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. He was uh, you, okay, you win. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, he, he, was, he was wonderful. He got... Uh, you know, he ate banana sandwiches like I did, and we'd go over to Monument Records, and he was my friend. Uh, I wasn't interested in going out with him or anything. I just liked him for himself, and I liked the, the musicians I'd worked with, and the people like Gene Pitney and some really good, and Willie Nelson. That's why I got Willie to play for us at the SEMA show, because I've known Willie since I was 13 years old. Well, that's awesome. I love yes, Willie To Nelson. get Willie Nelson to play at the SEMA show, I got him. And, uh, and they couldn't believe it, but you know, he loved racing. He came out with an AJ Foyt hat on, everybody about had a heart attack because <laughs> I gave it to him. <laughs> yeah. but those things, you know, a lot of entertainers would come to the races and I'd work with them, like Huey Lewis, I brought him to Indy and Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond to Indy. 
and Chris Isaac, these are guys that love cars. They all got beautiful cars. And I got Bob Seeger and her shifter for his 57 Chevrolet. I mean, these are the things that have, are, the, are the gravy, you know, involved with it. It's sugar, what is it, chocolate on my candy? I just love doing promotions and building the cars, being involved building special cars. I've built several uh, and appeared at uh, quite a few shows with them. But it's a love. I backed that hot rod I built. I had a lot of women to work on it. The hot rod Lincoln that we debuted. And yeah. he goes, oh, damn it, Linder, what are you building? I said, I'm building a hot rod Lincoln. Of course, it could be any car made in America, put an engine in it, use our aftermarket parts. And that's what I did. So I built a hot rod Lincoln. Sure costs a lot of money. Why not? Boyd walks up to me and goes, that's beautiful. And the next thing you know, he had copied it. And here, Tom, Tom Gale, he said, I spent $475 million to build the Prowler. And I said, I ain't going to tell you what we spent to build it. <laughs> but it was a small budget. Because <laughs> I got the engine from Edsel Ford. Shelby had some help in it. And I got different people. I got called well and some people to work with me on it. And we've just taken it out of the mothballs and we're redoing it. Hopefully have it ready to, to bring it back out by next year. But that was, I gave birth to a car. It took nine months to get that chassis and everything built. So now I know why you hot runners out there build your cars. It's a true love of passion. And the pace cars that we built, those were all passion. The Hearst Oldsmobiles, the Hearst pace cars, the Hearst Pontiacs, all those have been just tremendous fun and a lot of work, a lot of sleepless nights sometimes, but, and having the different drivers work with us to make safer parts like Warren, Warren Johnson is one brilliant man. I call him Professor. And he, he helped build some great parts. Grumpy Jenkins, these, we would run these and test them. And then, you know, you test them and you make safer cars. And then people who buy the passenger cars, ladies, men, everybody all over the world would have safer parts. So I, I really worked with a lot of safety equipment. That shared passion you're describing, that still drives you, doesn't it? That's actually... Oh, it does. I'm not through yet. I might be a little older. Got a few little wrinkles here and there, little freckles here and there, but that's okay. I still got the same heart, the same brain, and I want to use it. I'm not through yet. <laughs> I see the excitement come up. You know, I, I really like talking with women that talk about cars the way you do. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. I have, I have uh, a passion. I have such a passion. I mean, I got a sports car, a hot rod, and yeah. I... 75 Herstals, and I got my CTSV Cadillac, and I got my SS Chevy. I mean, am I ever going to grow up? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. And I remember I was uh, I was driving through Elise Viejo. You know, we lived near each other, and and I see a Ferrari Dino. Yeah. And I looked right past the Ferrari Dino. Oh my God! It's Linda. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's well, about I, as good as it gets. Um, people, I have that, but I still have my Dino. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you look. I, 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 I told my mother I was going to have a baby that was red with four wheels, and she slapped me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to jump in here. I, I mean, I've seen Linda going down Pacific Coast Highway in Dino, and <laughs> the, the legend icon of Southern California is a, a beautiful blonde in, in a Ferrari going down Pacific Coast Highway. Well, that was Linda Vaughn. <laughs> and, I got right over to PRI when they had their office up there and I pull in and I yeah. everybody. <laughs> well, I, I do want you to know, Linda, 
I didn't really know how to use my cell phone. It was when I, uh, I first got this particular phone and it literally was the first cell phone photograph I ever took was of you in your Dino. I got a picture of you. And I was, and I was I so pleased because I had like a half a second really to figure it out. And under the pressure, I had to get the picture of you and your Dino. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I haven't been able to drive it too much. I've been a little under the weather with my heart issues. And uh, I, I was supposed to have an operation months ago, but with COVID, we can't go into my heart now. So they got me on some medication and... Um, I can't walk and run and play as much as I want to with my dog, but I can pretty well keep up with things. It's just, uh, and I haven't taken the car out, but about once a week, I'll take her out and keep it moist. You know, I gotta make oh, sure yeah. it's good. And, and uh, Rod drew, ran through it. Everything's working real good in it and I love it. But <laughs> I just hope I get to keep all my cars. Things are getting so bad. I might have to start selling some of them. Yeah, this is a strange time. And, and Yeah, uh, I saw my mother's car to a real collector, Bruce Smith. And you know, Mr. Roger Pinsky has the pace car that I gave him in 1972 when Mark Donahue won. Yes. 455 in it. It's over at Phoenix and it's 100 points. Roger had lost it for a while and when he got it, I was at the banquet and he comes over. He goes, it's 100 points now, Linda. He goes, I got it back. And he was so thrilled. I was real thrilled for him. I love Roger. I, I worked with Roger on the Formula One tours, you know, and over there and worked for them. And uh, I, I made these beautiful costumes with American flags on them. And uh, I really enjoyed doing the Formula One. Of course, Mario has been one of my favorites in the whole wide world, and still is. So I'm glad I got the opportunity to get to know the world. And, uh, but there's no place like America. There's no place like what we have here. And I'm just praying everybody it's through this COVID, we don't lose any more of our friends and, and we get back to racing. I, I miss everybody. It's been a long year. It sure has. And um, you know, we've lost a few uh, yeah, friends and racers to this this year. And yeah. it's, it's been heartbreaking. I mean, so. Yeah, I lost, lost a, quite a few of my friends to it so far. And uh, we're, I've been real, real careful. It's a little lonely, but I've been going through boxes and boxes and boxes of mail. I even opened up a box out of my uh, we used to have the Hearst Armed Forces newsletter mm -hmm. now during the Vietnam War. I was answering, finding people that are still alive and been sending them little notes. And the first couple of guys ordered books from me. So it's it's been wonderful to catch up with some of my fans. I don't like to call them fans, but they're my friends. But <clears throat> my fans, they've been wonderful. I love it. I'll give y'all an address. Y'all can write to me. And uh, I like doing that. I really do. Well, I bet. I mean, it, it, again, when you talk about these things, it comes from the heart. It always impresses me. And uh, I, I also got to say that one thing that you stand out in my memory for, you're incredibly patient when you're oh, in these you. situations. How do you manage that? Because it, it it's uh, not all of us have that skill. I just think that my mother taught me life is too short and you gotta make the best of everything. It's not what you don't have, it's what you do have. And uh, take it to heaven with you, you know, be good to people and be nice to folks. And, oh, I've had a few run-ins here and there, but not everything you can really handle. It's a little scary now, I think there's so many mean people out there that I don't go out at night and stuff anymore because it's too damn dangerous. But I try to surround myself with loving people when I do. And, uh, 
I'm very much a loner when I'm at home. I love being quiet and try to just uh, stay in touch with people. Lots of calls and letters and I want my own show. Sometimes I just wish I had a camera and a crew and we could do this more often. I'd love to do this. I'm so proud of what y'all are doing with the e-part trade. I'm so proud that this is materialized. I ran into Francis and Judy at the bank when they first opened their first account. And I said, boy, what y'all need to do is this e-trade business, e-part trade business. Little did I know that that's what they were doing. <laughs> I was so, I'm so proud to be a part of it. I congratulate them and all the companies that are involved with them. And uh, I'm uh, especially proud of uh, this particular time in our lives that we're being successful by being on the, the uh, Zoom and talking with folks. I think that's uh, God sent early do. I think it speaks to what you talked about earlier is you, you make the best of the moment and, and you, you go kind of with what, what you've got to work with. And Francisque and, and John and Judy have done that. It's been very um, impressive to me and I've known them for uh, quite a long time now, more than, more than 20 years in most instances. And, but their ability to adapt and look into this moment and see opportunity has, has uh, been really inspiring to me and our team. It's their passion too, because you can see it. When I ran into them at the bank, I think I startled them, but I, I was very coy and very sweet and very kind, but I also could feel what's coming down. I, I think it's wonderful to do it this way, the way I've done it. And I think you set example all over the world. So especially with what's happened now with COVID, we need each other and, and now we have each other. And I think it's lovely, I really do. I just wish I knew how to work my computer better. I need somebody to kind of help me. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think this uh, <laughs> online race industry week has been a boon for people learning how to use Zoom and computers from what I see. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's moved the technical bar up uh, uh, in the racing industry. Yeah, I, do, I do need some help. I have to admit, I, I can't figure things out quite like I used to. It's like mind boggling, but but I appreciate anybody that does help me with it and bear with me when I get back to y'all if I'm a little slow sometimes. It's that it's a whole new experience for me and uh, I'm anxious to learn more about it because you know the first love just about everyone has is their car. I don't know about most of you ladies out there, but my first love was a 57 Chevrolet. First time I saw one, I went crazy. My brother said, well, you don't like my Ford Galaxy? I said, it's okay, but I love that Chevrolet. And I sat with the boy and he took me out on a date and he, uh, he said, can you drive? And I go, no. He goes, well, I'm going to teach you. He taught me how to drive at 57 Chevrolet. And I bought a her shifter for him at Christmas from Honest Charlie's Seed Shop. Five yeah. And five there we go. <laughs> so Honest Charlie gave me my first account. And a coker tire, did you hear that? <laughs> I really was impressed. And then, of course, you had to have an Edelbrock manifold. And then after that, it was a love affair all over again, honey, just buying parts and I could outdrive. And I was lighter and quicker. And he wanted to drink beer and I wanted to drive. So I drank and I got to drive and he got his beer. So <laughs> I, I think that's how racing should work. Uh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was lighter off the line and we go drag racing and I did pretty well yeah <laughs> that explains why my sister always beat me at go-karts that doesn't explain why she beat me at slot cars but uh, uh, I, I, I've got to say another thing Linda that uh, I think we, you touched on something here about us being together you know this feeling of us being together and I felt that all day long as I've been watching 
all the seminars, but you know, it's not a, a real racing deal unless Linda Vaughn is here, you know? Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, and <laughs> you uh, are like the Popette coming in and blessing <laughs> <laughs> all of us and allowing us to go about our business. Uh, but uh, when, I have to ask you a, a, a question that, that has occurred to me. Um, you know, you, you know so many people in this sport and you just, you know them, you know, on a personal level there, they become friends over the years. Well, they're uh, my family. Yeah, that's exactly it. It feels that way when I see you interact with, with the, the people, it, it is very much that feeling. And when you look at what we have as a strength, as a community, as we come out of the COVID, you know, what do we have, racers, what do we have that's our competitive advantage against the rest of the world? What will get us backed up to speed quicker than everybody else in your mind? Competition. No. <laughs> competition. There's nothing better than feeling competition. In yeah. a competition, it's like when they'd have the tire wars. I said, we just need a couple of more companies to have these tire wars and so we'd come out with better tires and everybody's going to win, you know? Yeah. So who's your mama, who's your daddy, who's your tire? But I always run good years because that's the kind of cars I had. But when they had the tire wars, the competition got them back. Yeah. We, we need more American cars in NASCAR racing. We need Ford back in there racing. We need at the Speedway. I mean, I think it's time to open the doors to America, come back racing. Race American cars, buy American cars, and drive American cars. That's how I feel about my sport. I really well, like I... I'm with you. <laughs> and I think that, you know, you I wave the American flag, honey. I always have. <laughs> yeah. And you wave it well, I have to add. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Uh, at, uh, it, you make me proud to be an American. And I remember I, the first time I snuck into a race with a forged credential, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I uh, got to the victory circle at Ontario Speedway. Um, and Mario Andretti uh, was about to pull in and it was, you were there. Um, of course I was there. <laughs> with Bill Hill. And I remember, well, you actually have film of this. And I remember thinking to myself, I have arrived. There is Linda Vaughn. Um, Thank you. God bless you for saying that. You know, that's the way I felt about Mario and Phil Hill. Phil winning the first uh, Grand Prix as an American driver. I, I thought that was fabulous. But Mario winning the World Championship and I got to be a part of it and go to the World Races with him and his whole family. It was just it's a book in itself, which I need to write. I hope I live long enough to write a lot of books. That's what I want to do. What do we do? Well, I look at, at Mario <coughs> winning the world championship as, uh, as what one of the highlights of, of my time in racing. It was, it was, uh, I was a Mario Andretti fan from the first time I laid eyes oh, on him. Me too. <laughs> and, and uh, I saw him race first, you know, in person, I think at Ascot, and he looked about my size when I was a kid. And, and I thought to myself, how the hell does he do that? Number one, and he just charged. There was one speed from Mario Andretti. Oh, wide was, open, honey. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I like that. I think that's a racer. And the first time I met Mario, can I have to have a minute to tell this story? Yes, I'd love to hear it. I was in Daytona, and AJ and Parnelli said to me and my brother, "Do you want to go out to the dirt races? We're going to go see that WAP run a race." And I go, why don't you call him, AJ? He goes, the WAP. I said, I'm going to bet you a dollar that WAP wins. And we get out there. And I made him give me that dollar and sign it. I still have that dollar. <laughs> Mario, the WAP won that race, that dirt race. And I told AJ, I said, someday you're going to have to race that little boy. 
<laughs> and I loved it when he came to the speedway. And I got real mad at me there for a while, but he got over it. <laughs> um, I, I, I think uh, we share, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a guy, but I look at Mario Andretti. I have a crush on Mario Andretti. Oh, I think absolutely. You can have a girl crush and a boy crush. Ain't nothing wrong I look with at Mario you. and I just think I can't do that. He's got it all. And, uh, I, and he still has it. He sure is. Uh, he's he such does. a brilliant man. We, we stay in touch with each other. That's one thing. I, I stay in touch with Tony. Tony Stewart and I stay in touch with each other. And, and um, AJ a little bit, but Mario a lot. And Alan's your senior and junior. This beautiful top that I have on that I work, if y'all can't see it, because I have to check her and everything. This is from Alan's your senior's wife, Susan. It was, oh. And I saved this to wear tonight, but you can't see it. I, mean, I can see it. You can see your arms. Of course, it's been trying to show you my checkers. <laughs> but cool. just that we're all family. You know, it's like a big old family. It really is. And I mean, I, your family's pretty interesting. You I know. had the most miserable May of my life this year. I have never missed any 500 since I started, except one time when I had my heart operation. And I was devastated. Oh, Lord, it was tough. I bet. I mean, to yeah. you, that's got to be like Christmas Day. And that oh, in the day, kind of it was Christmas, New Year's, and Thanksgiving all rolled into one. <laughs> yeah, it was really difficult. I did go to the September race with Nancy George. She and I are real close friends with the family. And, and we set up, which is turn four coming out. But when you're there for the September race, it's turn one. And I will never do that again. If I can't be a part of it and be down there in the pits and be where I should be. I'm never just going to go on the outside looking in. That drove me crazy. I left. I got, went and got on the plane, flew home, and watched the rest of it on television. I was heartbroken. I was devastated because that's my life and I couldn't be a part of it. But I understand. And but it's time now for us all to work hard together and help Roger and help everybody get it all back together and, and uh, make it happen again. Because we I are. That's a really great message to our community here is that racers solve problems faster and better than anybody else. You know, you're, you're basically racing is learning. And, Absolutely. Uh, and and I, testing. I, I, you know, without drag racing, we wouldn't have the parts that we have to keep people getting burned and the brakes. I mean, the drag racers are the test drivers. And then, of course, we got all the NASCAR guys. They learn from the drag racers and then the NASCAR guys make something and the Formula One guys and the aerodynamics, it's all goes hand in hand. It's a big family of motorsports and racing. And uh, you don't get an education until you're part of it, boy. And I'm telling you, that's the best education I've ever had. Learn something every time. Every and, trade show, every race, I learn something. I keep learning. I want to learn more. <laughs> I'm not I think you're, 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 you're not only learning, but you're teaching us too. Um, uh, your grace and your, uh, uh, your just fundamental kindness is always so impressive. Thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, I think the world can learn from you at this moment. Thank uh, you. And I want to thank Chevrolet for being so good with me and working with me over these years when Hearst got so, went through so many buyouts at Hearst, but I still love the word Hearst. I still love the Hearst shifters. I'll always stand up for a product that I've put my life on. And uh, and I want to thank Chevrolet too, because I've done a lot of, of course, my first kiss was in a Chevy. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank Axel and Ford for That's being the ultimate endorsement of the hot rod. And I want to thank Mopar for having the slapstick shifter. So I got to work with the big four and uh, that, that's a love affair. I've had love affairs. <laughs> I still do. I have love affairs with cars. 
Isn't this crazy? <laughs> not crazy. I relate. And I, I think that uh, any car you have a love affair with is, is my, it's, it's the Linda Vaughn uh, love affair se uh, gold seal of approval as far as I'm Thank concerned. Thank you. <laughs> when, I saw, when I sold the Hearst Oldsmobile at Mary Jackson, I thought they were going to have to drag me off the stage because I'm trying to talk and my mascara is smeared and I'm crying. Tears are oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I had to, you know, I had to pay those doctor bills and then I, uh, they have, they gave me a, a roast and a lot of the drivers came and Tony Stewart and John Forrest, they were hilarious. We had a oh, wonderful, okay. wonderful time. We really did and made money to help support a few causes. And I liked the Racing Angels project. I do the Racing Angels and I give back to racing every chance I get. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I think it well, the Racing Angel is about 17 years old now, 18 years old. But we would have a panel. Is that a message for you? <laughs> I'm dinging in here. Don't know what it is. Anyway, the Racing Angels Foundation is I wanted to, to recognize whether it be a driver or a crew member or a person that's done a good job in racing. And uh, we started in, and Prolong was one of my first sponsors. And we did the Racing Angel Award. And, and when, the first ones we presented was at Talladega. And it was a part of the activity. And we gave... Um, I never forget giving Smokey Munich one because Smokey did a lot. He saved a lot of lives with the things that he built. And uh, he goes, hell, I ain't never been called an angel before. And I said, we're a couple in disguise. We know that. But we love you and the things that you have helped make safer cars. And, and you're my racing angel. And he was really proud of that. And well, he's one smart cat, too. Oh, we, and, and uh, the couple that uh, saved Jack Roush's life when Jack crashed the plane over at Talladega into the water and was drowning, and the, these two deaf and dumb people that could not could not speak and hear jumped in and saved his life, and uh, we recognize them as the racing angels. And then the Petty family, Neil Bonnie's family, have been a lot of wonderful people that we've made a part of our Racing Angel Foundation. And, uh, well, well, just, I think you're the, part of uh, things I like to give. I give everybody for the start of the Indy 500 a pocket angel. And, do you? Yeah, mm -hmm. and drag races too, and NASCAR races too. I give them a little pocket angel. And I love the stories I get from the guys. Says, I got caught speeding coming back from Daytona, so I pulled out my pocket angel and told him I was going so fast, and he let me go. I go, well, now that really is a good story. <laughs> he goes, that's not how you didn't know the pocket angel had, is it? Uh <laughs> But uh, and a lot of drivers like Dario Franchini, he, he sent Ashley over because he couldn't find his pocket angel. I'd already given it to him at the driver's meeting. She came over, she goes, I need another angel. And so did uh, Will Powers' uh, wife. So I took good care of the ladies, made sure they got the pocket angels to their men. And, and when Dan Welburn won Indy, he got out of the car and he says, I want to thank Linda Vaughn who gave me my pocket angel. Uh, I just was, I mean, I love it. So they all got pocket angels. Dario angels and his rings together. So, and Chip has a bunch of them. And Chip Kanashi is another angel. He's been wonderful for our sport and our industry. So we've got he has been, you know, and, and I, I, I think, again, you've seen some of these people as they've transitioned from being drivers to being team owners. Oh, doing well, Chip was a little driver, and I used to help get him sponsors. And then... One thing got bad with me, Chip came through for me. I mean, that's what kind of a man he is. And a friend, a brother, I love him dearly. Yeah. I do as well. And, and uh, I've known him for, you know, 
better part of my life. And I think he's one of the finest in the industry in the sport. And his team is uh, phenomenal. Uh, yeah, really, truly is. And they and all I, call me after they won the championship. They all missed me, and I was crying when they called. <laughs> There's Dario Franchini and Dixon, and all of them calling me that night. <laughs> of course, and I was having a bottle of, of my favorite because I do like good champagne and good wine and Prosecco, and I was having a bottle of Prosecco, so we all said hi to each other, and I'm crying and laughing, and, and um, I said, did you get your pocket angel? Oh, yeah, we got it, we got it, because I sent it by someone to him. <laughs> well, what you, I, I have to ask you, what's your favorite Prosecco? I like cupcake. Mm, okay, it's good to know. It's very I good. I like to cupcake because it's light. I'm not much of a drinker. <laughs> I never have been, but I do learn to... to to drink wines and champagnes with Andretti's when you go on a 13 course dinner every night after the race. <laughs> I learned everything about champagne and wines and ports. <laughs> of course, being a redneck from Dalton, Georgia, moonshine, I mean, you know, I could smell it and burn the hair out of your nose. <laughs> but I learned to find his champagnes and wines. And thank you, Mario. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, the nice thing about moonshine is a great parts cleaner as well. Um, oh God! You can, you know, if a, sting, a bee stings you, you can pull the stinger out and put a little bite lightning on it. If a snake bites you, you can put it on there. Oh yeah, I had Junior Johnson pour me a cup. I was at, uh, I think. Was, <laughs> I still have was, some of his. And, and I, I nearly, I nearly fell to the ground retching after after taking just the time. Yeah, Junior and my daddy knew each other. Daddy would make the peach brandy. And junior would make the corn and. Well. Back forth to them. Not, not many people get to say the things you say. Uh, well, I went up to Junior Johnson's liquor still one night. He was having a party, and we left uh, Hickory and went up to uh, a bad booper, my best friend with me. We was driving a Holman and Moody 289, 65 and a half red Mustang convertible. So I got up to the top of the mountain, and Junior goes, who did you just drive up here? How'd y'all get up here? And I said, I can jerk track. I got us up here. <laughs> I know I'm shifting up, shift and shift gears. I, I mean, I put that little car sideways and got it up that hill. He was impressed. So he sent my daddy a fifth of his whiskey. I had to bring it home. I was scared to death to bring it all the way back to Georgia. <laughs> but I did. You got away with it. Shake it, look at the bead. He'd tell me. <laughs> for a top field dragster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Sorry, god. I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, it's it uh oh yeah I, I gotta tell you this is fun. I, I uh we gotta do this more often Linda. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I have a question from the audience. So okay. uh, one of the questions is uh Linda it's a tough question. Uh who was the greatest drag racer, drag racer you ever knew, Linda? The greatest? Yeah. The Big Daddy Don Garland's. Don, yeah. Don McEwen. I got a lot of them. Yeah. I can't say number one. But my first and greatest friend I met uh, used to come to Dalton, Georgia to work on his engines. And Grady Pickle lived down next to the railroad track was Big Daddy Don Garland's. And I'd ride down there on my bicycle and uh, I'd talk to him and I'd watch him. And I, Grandma said, y'all run that engine when the train comes. So, cause she had whiskey down at the house because she was a bootlegger. Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> so they'd crank that engine up when the train should run by. So every year he'd come to 
Pickles' house, and I'd go down there, and he, this one year I rode up, and he dropped his wrench because I had busted out all over. I had grown up. He's <laughs> <laughs> known me since I was 12. <laughs> so he was the greatest, the first that I fell madly in love with watching a drag race. Walk around himself as Big Daddy Don Gartley. So then I come to California. I fall in love with Don the Snake Perdone and Tom McEwen. Those two, unbelievable. And then, then of course, come the forces. And I mean, everybody is so wonderful. <laughs> Drag racing is habit forming. <laughs> it is. And, and I got to say, like a nitromethane cocktail just down on the starting line. <laughs> <laughs> Bring tears to your eyes. <laughs> we, got a, we got a note from our friend Dean Case. And it's just a, another Linda story. Linda has the most amazing memory. The second time I met her, I reintroduced myself as I was sure she had no idea who I was. I was wrong. She remembered me and noticed something we had discussed in a previous year. And I, I've seen you do that, Linda, over and over again. Do you have a memory trick? Do you have the world's greatest memory? I mean, you're phenomenal at it. Well, thank you. I just think that God gave me a gift. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because I, I, uh, I treasure that. But as you're getting older, you start forgetting things. I get mad because I'll see somebody come and think, okay, I know him. What kind of courtesy do I have? Okay, I put it together. And then every once in a while, if I don't, if I can't I recognize you immediately, I go, okay, tell me your name and I'll tell you what kind of car you drive <laughs> because, huh. you're, you know, you're getting older. But uh, it's just been God-given to me. I just, uh, I've always done that. And Dolly Parton memorizes everything in her movies when she does movies. I remember names. Yeah. We met each other. We know each other and she was great. She knows John Forrest too. And uh, she's just precious. I just love Dolly for what she's done for her community and her friends and how she gives back. She and I are kind of a lot alike. We had the same manager at 13. She went on and I went racing. So <laughs> if I had to do over again, you guys, I'd do it again. Same way. And we have another question. Uh, tell us about the late, great Jimmy Clark when he came to Indy. And, and this person recalls that you were good friends with him. Quite. Was, yes. Jimmy Clark? Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jim, I, um, I fell mad in love with him. He was oh. so charming and so sweet and so nice and naive. And he, um, we just became just really close. And AJ said something really nasty about him one time. And, and uh, I stood up for Jimmy. And uh, AJ got very mad at me. Mario didn't. Mario understood exactly where it was coming from. And Mario agreed that that boy could drive. I said, his first year he finished the second. I said, next year he's going to kick your ass, AJ. And he did. But AJ said something I won't repeat what he said because AJ knows what he said. But it was very untrue. And I really stood up for Jimmy Clark. I really did. And uh, we stayed friends. And he and I were going to uh, meet um, and uh, have a uh, uh, celebrate my birthday and then he got killed the week before at uh, Rockenheim. He was a wonderful young man. He even came and drove at Rockenheim and won the NASCAR race. Even the NASCAR boys didn't call him a fruity after that. So I, I just loved him. He was, he was tremendous. I got one of his original paintings in my house. Uh, it's in my hallway that was done by a little artist that was a cripple artist and uh, he did it and Guy Caldwell got it for me and it's magnificent and uh, He's still in my heart. 
what a treasure to have known him and uh, uh, then spent time with him and dated him. And he was a, a gentleman, a lovely, lovely person. Just, uh, he said, I come to Indy to race the great AJ Floyd. Why doesn't he like me? I said, because he's going to have to race you. That's why he didn't like you. I said, you're going to have to kick his ass and then maybe he'll like you. <laughs> AJ got mad at me. <laughs> Imagine that, AJ getting mad at me. <laughs> You know, AJ and Tony Stewart are just alike. I swear, I think that's his dad. Those two are just alike at times. I shake my head at him. <laughs> but Jim was a, a very fine gentleman. And I'm very, very proud to have known him. I stay in touch with his sister. His sister's name is Betty Petty. She's a sweetheart. I met her at Talladega when they came for the Hall of Fame. They got a racing angel award. <laughs> and uh, we stay in touch with each other. But Jim Clark could always be in my heart. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, th thank you, Linda. We're getting close to the, the six o'clock mark. And so we're, we're going to have to wrap it up. And uh, again, uh, like Paul said, it, it, it's almost like getting a blessing of what we're doing here to have you here. And it's also part of what you do. So we're doing something for the first time ever for the racing industry. We're responding to a big challenge. It's not by coincidence that, that Linda Vaughn is here. I mean, you're there when people need you. You understand that there's something bold and new going on, and, and it needs to be uh, pushed forward. And uh, so it's a big deal to have you here, Linda. Thank you. Very well said. I wish I could find those words. Sometimes I uh, can't put into words what my thoughts are, but I'm so honored to be here with y'all tonight because uh, these three people have worked so hard in his whole, their whole staff, but uh, from the embryo stages, I kept telling Judy, I said, I can really see it. I saw it before they ever even told me. I saw it. I visualized it. And I even told her so and him standing in the right. <laughs> But I'm so proud of y'all. And thank you for making me a part of it. Because this helps us all. There's no in between with SEMA, PRI, and this and that. We're all in this together. It's time yep. to help each other, love each other, and spread the love. And and let's get busy, America. We got to rebuild a lot of things now. And this is a great stepping stone. It keeps people informed. And um, I, I love I love everything. I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank y'all. Well, thank you very much. That's the theme exactly all together now. And then I'll turn over to Paul to kind of wrap up today. And you and Francis can uh, invite That's everybody to join us again tomorrow. Bye, Linda. Thank you very much. Y'all come back and see us now. You hear? I'll come back anytime y'all out there and y'all have questions. You write to to uh, my electronic performance and racing parts. Y'all let me know. You got questions <laughs> in touch with uh, everybody and I'll get back in touch with y'all. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you, I don't know how to say that in French. <laughs> Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so is Judy with you? We're going to. Happy birthday to Lyle, too, down there in Texas. Hey, Judy, come here, Miss Judy. She's yes, here's Judy. Yay. How you like us now? <laughs> yes, stay there together. Double trouble. <laughs> it is double trouble. That's what Tony Stewart says to us. Yeah, yeah. Here comes double trouble. 
<laughs> well, actually, there is a there is a Doug, a good friend, Doug Stokes, who is asking for a oh, loved it. Hug. He says, "Where is my virtual hug?" So please give a Doug. <laughs> we love you, Doug. Thank you. Hi, Doug. <laughs> Thank you. What what a day, Paul. What a day, man. Wow. Um, Look what you got me into. It's your fault. Well, you know, this is pretty awesome, said, I think. Uh, I, this is the first time. Roger Penske, Everybody remembers their first kiss. It doesn't I, get any better than that. <laughs> this is our first time together, so everybody will remember this. Thank you. What a day. What hey, a, first what a, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. It, uh, wow. Thanks it, for inviting me. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course, of course. So, but this is only day one. So we have four more days. <laughs> I <laughs> You better do a lot of vitamin C. <laughs> and, and I've got to say, it's exciting what we've got coming too. I think that uh, there's a lot more interesting content that you're going to produce and that uh, interesting panels we have. And, um, you know, Linda said it best is that uh, this fills a void. This uh, brings us oh, all it together. does. It does. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really honored to have been included in this. Uh, all of you are friends to begin with, uh, but I feel closer now after we've done this. This has been a real journey and, um, you know, it shows the power of positivity and believing. It's a blessing. This yeah. is a blessing. It truly is. It truly is. And I, I just, uh, I, I, it's going to be hard to go back to the real world. I, I, I feel like that's... <laughs> Paul wishes he was sitting right here. Yeah, I, do, I, do, I do have a bottle of cupcake with me, Linda. <laughs> Thank you. I like cupcake. Yes, I do. But I, I what a night and what a day. Uh, and uh, we'll be at it tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, thank you to everybody that uh, was with us today. Uh, remember, we do this all for you. Uh, share this with your friends. Please make sure they know what we're up to here. Um, and please check out uh, epartrade.com and all the good things it does for the industry. And uh, uh, I want you to log on to racer.com and stay there 24-7, just reading. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for the questions. <laughs> I thought somebody might ask me out on a date. Oh, <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> once or twice. Um, uh, <laughs> He's blushing. <laughs> Single. <laughs> But I, I, uh, I, I take it back to you, Francis. Any final thought from you after uh, after your baby has come to life today? Well, uh, we started uh, almost, uh, well, actually, I launched it at 6 a.m., 5.45. So we have been live for 12 hours. Uh, we launched it an hour before the actual session starts. So, uh, so this is going to be the same tomorrow. We'll launch early again. And uh, we have a full day uh, packed. We're going to be... Uh, uh, you know, I heard Linda talking about, you know, drag racing. So we're starting the day with, I mean, you know, great champions. Then we have uh, some incredible crew chiefs in the afternoon, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, I mean, I'm so thankful for uh, uh, Jimo, uh, you know, who put that panel together and has been one of the first supporter of Trade. And so, and then in between, we have so many great companies from, uh, uh, you know, on top of my head, I think IBAC is on tomorrow. Uh, racing radios. We have this table panel at lunch on road racing, uh, Paul, and uh, with IMSA, SCA, SVRA, 
you know, uh, and, and, and SRO, I mean, can do better than that. No, and I, I think the nice part about that is that panel is is packed with all of my personal <laughs> friends. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I think too uh, the thing I also have to say I learned a lot today by watching the the various seminars and technical uh, things. I had it on all day long while I was pretending to work, and uh, it was terrific. I uh, kudos to everyone that presented today. I it it really is a terrific format, and. Uh, it's really engaging and entertaining, and I, I can't wait to see more tomorrow. Uh, absolutely great job, everybody. Um, and uh, I've got to go by and pick up some cupcake right now. So I, I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, and I'm, I'm a good cook, so you bring the wine and I'll make the excellent. Got it. I'm, I'm down and, with that. And I, I think Linda and Judy, you have to get ready because you're getting interviewed on uh, XM Radio next. Oh, week. yeah, that's next. Yeah. <laughs> That's the life of Linda Vaughn. Channel 90. There's, one, That's there's it. always another interview. But, uh, That's it. So uh, thank you. Thank you, everyone. And please, uh, we'll see you in the morning. So 6.45 California time. I've been up all day for y'all, too. <laughs> thank you all for joining. Thank yes. you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye now. Thank you. I miss you. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePARTRADE as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePARTRADE.